Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special episode of Ask the Teacher ABC. Um, I'm Anna Lee. It's so nice that everyone has joined us today. It is actually a beautiful day in Washington for once. It is sunny and 70 degrees, if you can believe it. How's it over there? <laughs> hey, it's really good, and I love hearing that 70-degree weather. I wish we were having that same weather. It's still, you know, like summer here in Arizona, so... You know what? I'll just count my blessings regardless of the weather because I know I'm going to be heading up to your neck of the woods sooner than later. All right. Anyway, well, yeah. The reason why I said that this was a special episode is because we actually received some questions um, through Instagram. And um, we talked about how we were going to do uh, a special episode answering these questions. So um, I'm going to go ahead and tell you what the questions are and we will go from there. Sound good? Yeah, that sounds great. Okay, so first question um, was, how do you separate personal life from professional life, balancing them or not? That's a loaded question, isn't it? <laughs> okay, well, I was mostly a stay-at-home mom, at least for almost 18 years. And I would hear working moms say, oh, I can do it all. But then I would also hear those stories about who was lacking, you know, at work. They got an A plus, you know, at, uh, you know, in their career, A plus. Children were lacking like a D, right? So I would just hear these scary stories and I would just thought, is this what I want? Do I want to be the woman that um, can do it all? Because it doesn't exist. You really have to create boundaries and you have to ask yourself, what are your priorities? And yes, we have to eat and yes, we have to make money. And yes, we have to use every bit of our time when we are at work and come home and have that same energy with our kids. I mean, I remember coming home uh, when I was a working mom um, after you guys were pretty much grown and I had Tatiana and I had to be uh, a working mom. And I remember I would make a point when I pulled up to the house to not say I'm tired because a lot of kids, that's what I hear their parents say you know, I'm tired. I'm too tired. And I knew that I had to be on and I needed to be that parent for my child because I knew that I was investing in creating a human to the best of my ability. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, you have to make a balance. And I do remember when I was a teacher and I was, you know, working when Tatiana was in daycare or whatever, that I used every moment of my time so that I could leave work at work. See what I mean? Mm -hmm. What What do you think? Because, you know, with running the farm and everything, what can you add to that? Well, I mean, I think that when people have, like, you know, this this personal life and professional life for teachers, uh, those lines are quite often crossed because a lot mm -hmm. of teachers, like, take work home with them. And mm -hmm. I'm just going to go ahead and say I never took work home with me, ever. Ditto. I incorporated everything that I needed to do in my work day. And like, I'm going to be real honest, that included teaching a procedure uh, to children about how to grade other people's papers. So I did, yeah. I did the work ahead of time and developed a rubric. And I didn't give homework. My only homework was they needed to read 20 minutes a day, which doesn't really require anything. 
And Mm -hmm. the second thing that I did is whenever they would have essays, there was no way in heck that I was going to be grading all those essays. So we, I made time during school that this is our grading day and we're going to grade this thing together because I did not want to take it home. And I made that commitment to myself and I followed through on it so that when I was home, I could go home and I could do the dishes and I could do the laundry and I could play with my kid and not have to worry about anything from work. So I think that you really have to, you know, you talked about like setting boundaries. You have to set that boundary for yourself, you know, and say, this is what I'm going to allow, you know, and this is what I'm not going to allow. And if people called me after work, I would not answer the phone. Like, I'm sorry, but if it's that important, like, you could leave a message and I can determine if if I'm going to waste my time <laughs> or not. Like, leave a message, okay? That's what the inbox is there for. And if, you know, honestly, like, also write an email to me so that I can look at it on Monday because there's no way I'm answering the phone. Um, I don't care what, what it is. You know, I agree with what you're saying. And, um, you know, I think it's important, like you said, to establish those routines with the kiddos, create a culture in your classroom where it's acceptable to create, uh, to check other kiddos' papers without any shame involved. Make make part of that culture, like, we're going to make mistakes and we are here to help each other. And we are a family. Oh, right. Yeah. It it really, it really, you really do have to establish a specific culture in your classroom if you're going to do that. I I highly agree with that. And if anybody like is listening to this and they need help with that, please reach out to me because that that is something that I am really good at doing. Um, because I, you know, didn't want to do the work myself. <laughs> um, well, you know, you know, studies show that homework is overrated. You know, we need to do little practices and little bits of responsibility. But if kiddos at, at during the school day, if they are not maximizing their learning time during that time, then, you know, like what what good is it? So mm-hmm. home is not essential reading, like you said, to create that practice. And that's it. You know, our students need family time, too. Right. Oh, yeah. They need play time. They need to process. They need to work it out. And, you know, I even actually started to create an agenda for my for my parenting time. And I literally took out my journal and I wrote down times like this. And these are the times that we're going to play making dinner. Sometimes dinner is we're going to work together in making dinner. And that's more time that you're together. Right. Right. Well, I mean, like even since I haven't been working and I've been here, you know, at home, you know, the one thing that I have really realized is that, I mean, I feel like it was easier for me to be a working mom, as crazy as that sounds. Of course it is. Than it was to be a stay-at-home mom. Right. I know that sounds weird, and it may, you know, people may not agree with me, but, like, being a stay-at-home mom is hard because, you know, you you do actually have things that you need to do. You ha- You are running a household while also trying to cater to your children like 24-7, especially right. if you don't have kids that are in school, you know, because my daughter is is three. And let me tell you, sometimes I am done playing unicorns and I don't <laughs> want to play unicorns anymore. And, you know, yeah, she is, is still there asking me to play unicorns. 
And I'm like, you know what? Let's go to the kitchen and play dishes. You know? <laughs> oh, making a game so, out of it. That's great. Yeah. Yes. I'm a big yes. proponent of gamifying things because, you know, I do get tired. And sometimes, you know, honestly, I do say that I am tired because I, you know, sometimes you're just exhausted. But I, I do always make sure to make time for the kids, even if, you know, I convinced Finn that dishes are fun. And now he's like taking over unloading the dishwasher. He's like, this is my favorite time I can organize. And I'm like, really? This is wow. great. Go Yay. ahead. Organize to your heart's content. <laughs> organize. Um, because, yeah. you know, like. I don't. I yeah. mean, like, hey, if you want to do the dishes, go ahead and do the dishes. That's, that is fine with me. I know, right? I love the way that you said gamify. If you make cleaning up a game, yeah, I mean, everyone knows the cleanup song, but you might have to mix it up and say, who can find a this or who, who can find a that? And sometimes it does take a little bit of extra effort, but you know what? It's worth it. And it actually ends up being, it ends up turning out really well, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, the other day I was like, you know what? Every toy that picks that you pick up is two points, and the small toys are five points, and I'm going to keep score on the board. And I was like, go. And so I just was putting tally marks, you know. Wow. And then at the end, my son was like, what do we get? And I was like, you get to make brownies. Yay. And he was like, really? I'm like, yay. (laughs) I have the kids make the brownies because I was like, I don't want to make brownies. (laughs) <laughs> but you want them, right? But I do want yeah, them. I just don't want to make them, right? <laughs> so I'm like, yes, this is a win-win. Not only did I get my kids to clean up, but then they got to make brownies as their prize. Yes. And I, I get to that. eat them without any of the hard work. <laughs> yes. And they also got to have a clean room, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Which was yeah. the most important thing. Yes. I love that. I really um, do. So any last thoughts on professional uh, professional life and balancing personal and professional life? You know, some quite often people, you know, I've noticed over the years that some people, you know, they put the kids on the back burner and they think, oh, I'll, I'll get back to this. But, you know, the time goes by and then they don't ever end up getting back to it. And then they wonder, where did the time go? I mean, I think there's a lot of songs written about that, too. But at basically... You know, as much as you schedule and create agendas for your professional life, create those same agendas and personal boundaries in your own life and make your kids a priority because they are your long-term investment, truly. Would Mm -hmm. you agree with that? Oh, yeah. 100%. Yes. Okay. So we had another question. Um, So what is your take So this is a question verbatim. I'm just going to read it. So what is your take on schools changing the way our children are learning? Pretty frightening. Well, what I hear this parent saying, you know, it could be a lot of things, right? I mean, I think for one, they are frightened. They think whatever changes are happening and are scary. Mm -hmm. And I really think that there needs to be more trust in the teachers. We know what we're doing. Most of us do. And let us be the change makers. Let us be the decision makers and let us be the ones that, sorry, that's my dog. Um, I didn't. Um, Anyway, so sorry about that. Uh, Life happens, right? Here we go. So anyway, I think that, um, you know, we know what's happening in education. 
And teachers know that changes are going to occur. And sometimes when those changes occur, they are decisions that were made uh, for people, you know, with people that are not teachers. Do you see what I'm saying? And so mm-hmm. they don't know what we are going through. They don't wear the shoes that we that we walk in. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's about inclusion. For me, at the end of the day, it's about equity. Um, it's about um, leveling the playing field wherever you are, whatever pocket you teach in. And um, I think it's, you know, coming to the table as stakeholders. I think quite often parents don't, um, you know, they don't, they leave everything to the teacher. But then when something happens that that they question, they want to quickly, you know, cut the teacher out or go above the teacher's head or whatever, instead of coming to come to that round table and let's have a discussion. Mm-hmm. I think it's important for all stakeholders, especially the ones at the quote unquote top. They need to have the teacher's input because we are the ones that have what, 25, 35 students in the classroom are making hundreds of decisions uh, every, daily. And um, we're, we're teaching and grooming and trying to create children holistically. And we're not just in there teaching math and numbers, but we're, we're the nurses and we wear different hats and we're the counselors and sometimes we're the parents too. But I think that some of those changes are good and have a growth mindset. You know, you want your children to have a growth mindset. You as a parent also need to lead with that growth mindset. And even if it's something that you may not agree with, do your research, do your due diligence before you go into a state of fear. Would you like to add to that? Right. I mean, you know, honestly, I've gotten this question a lot. Like whenever I say that I am a teacher, uh-huh. then people automatically ask like, oh, well, you know, like, well, you know, uh, what are the changes? You know, do you agree with that? Do you not agree with that? And uh, this is what uh, one thing that I will say. People are putting way too much on teachers. Uh-huh. Like I was talking to somebody the other day and they were like, they're going to start teaching sex education and blah, 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 blah. You know, what do you think about that? And I'm like, honestly, I think their parents should be teaching them that. And I don't want to teach sex education. I right, just want right, to go to school right. and I'm going to teach history like how I was supposed to be teaching it. You know, <laughs> like I don't honestly like why are you even asking me this question? Like you think I want to teach your kids? about the birds and the bees let me just tell you right now that answer is oh heck no i do not yeah like, you're right and they keep yeah. putting more and more on teachers plates like uh-huh. and like some people are like oh well if the teacher doesn't teach it they're never gonna learn it okay why why right. is that why if the teacher doesn't teach it that they're now never gonna learn it because what parents are too uncomfortable to talk to their kids about that kind of stuff well guess what grow up right so, grow up and yeah. That honestly, I know that I have a very strong I have a very strong opinion on this because like people are acting like teachers want to do all of these things. And yes, the answer you're right. is most of the time when we go into a meeting and someone's like, guess what? We have great news. We now are gonna be teaching this. 
You know what most teachers are doing? They're thinking, holy crap, how am I going to incorporate that into the lessons plans that I already made for the whole year? And what am I going to do now? Like, they really want us to teach this? Like, where am I going to think that? Math is supposed to take 90 minutes and language arts is supposed to be 120. How am I going to fit this into my day? But on the outside, we smile and we're like, okay, am I still going to get a paycheck? Is it increasing any? Oh, no. Great. That's wonderful. Well, this yeah. has been an awesome meeting. Thank you so much for your time. You know, honestly, like that's how from just from sitting in those meetings. And when I look around, because I'll look around at people. I'm like, right, hmm, right. You know, how, how is everyone else feeling about this? Am I the only one who thinks this is crazy? Oh, the Department of Education said that we need to do this. Right. Oh, wonderful. It's just like that common core stuff. And the reason why yes. I'm saying it like that, because everyone was like, now we're going to teach Common Core. And then half of the people were like, what the heck is Common Core? And the other <laughs> people are like, Common Core is the devil. That's what it is. And the other people are like, Common Core is great because it's going to make sure that everybody get gets taught the same thing across the whole United States. But then if right. you go and you ask your average Joe on the street, what's Common Core? Well, they're going to tell you it's the devil. When really yes. they were just trying to help out the kids in, uh, you know, one of those right. states that has in Arizona. Let's use Arizona since they're ranked 48th in this in the country. They're Yay. really trying to help the kids in Arizona <laughs> match up to the freaking kids in Pennsylvania. Right. That's all that that's all right. it was really trying to do. Right. But oh Equity. man. Equity. Oh right. man, did it take on a weird tone? All of a sudden people are talking about Common Core and I'm like does anybody really understand what this is? Right, okay. right. And like, I understand that, you know, change is scary and it's not right. always like something to laugh at. But honestly, like people really need to like get their information straight because, and you know, honestly, I'm going to blame the news too, because mm -hmm. the, here they're talking about it. And then mm -hmm. everyone feels that they're entitled to talk about it, even though right, they know right. nothing about it. They exactly. know what the news said, and that's mm -hmm. pretty much the extent of what they know. <laughs> and that's and not they own a good it like platform. it's their own. That is not a good platform to stand on. Those are some wobbly stilts, you know, and it's not going to yes. get you very far. And right, so, right. Um, and we all know what happened with that. Well, half the freaking country teaches it, and half the country doesn't. Well, we're right, in exactly. the same situation that we were before. Half the kids are going to get the get this high level education and half the kids are going to get the education that the state feels is the best for them. Right. Exactly. So, like, what are you going to do? Teach a, teach math, a, teach word problems using sex education. That would be scary. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm like, God in heaven, you know, Jesus. I mean, it, and I say this because I mean, it, and it's true. Like teachers don't want anything extra. You know right. what? Please. If you are a parent, Go talk to somebody at the Department of Ed, you know, because right. honestly, if you can, because most right. of them, you know, they, the time they don't answer the phone anyway. Um, yeah. But uh, please talk to somebody high up and then ask them if they have any teaching experience. Right. <laughs> and uh, right. nine exactly. times out of ten, like you said, they're going to say no because no. they don't. And then they right. just want to just tell teachers what they're going to do. Right. And, or reprimand them for saying boo, right? Right. Well, right. I know there's this, yeah. there's a thing in Arizona happening that I, 
like if you teach emotional intelligence, then you could get that they you somebody should report you. And I'm like, are right. we really in a place where if you're teaching social emotional learning that you're right. going to report me to the state when I'm just trying to help your child process their emotions in a healthy, right. nonviolent way? <laughs> That's oh, true. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I will avoid that. I'll, we can all back to go back to resorting to violence then. That's fine. Yes. If yes, you're mad yes. at him, go ahead and hit him. Right. If, you're, right. if I'm mad at you, at you, you know, if like, it's, it's like, what, where is it? Where is the communication? Because I think that that, that also, this question is so great because there's mm-hmm. such a break in the communication. Um, people are asking the wrong people these things. People are right. talking to people that are not in education about these right. things. Exactly. People are talking to people that they know who may have heard from so-and-so to so-and-so to so-and-so about these things instead of going to the actual source of what they're actually teaching children. And you knowing you're me, right. when I say teachers don't want to teach your kids anything that they that beyond math, reading, right. and science. Please but take we do. my word on that. <laughs> Please, we do. I, I mean, we you do know, it. Like, we have to, you know. Right, but we, we nobody wants to. No, nobody we wants to. We want to go back to our the job where you know it used to be. You know, hey, you know, here's your reading book, and you know, here's this, and here's that. Uh-huh. But also, we live in an evolving world. Exactly. And because we live in this evolving world, we have to ensure that that the kids are also getting that evolved information exactly um moving it forward right you got to move forward and you know honestly we could we could actually use a complete and total overhaul of public education but the thing is is usually when you do an overhaul of something you stop it you overhaul it and then you continue it and roll it out in stages right right we don't have anybody to do that in our country they haven't done Mm -hmm. that no. And so and education it, has been forced forward and teachers' plates are getting, you know, they're not even plates. They're freaking platters now. We have platters. <laughs> yeah, like, we have oh, platters. There's, there's so much on my plate. Buffet. No, you have a platter. <laughs> That's a platter. It's not a plate anymore. So I would like it if somebody took some stuff off my platter and right. um, that we started some different programs that were completely voluntary. Like, if you would like your child to be in this, please feel free to enroll them in this after-school program where they will yeah. learn A, B, and C from a qualified professional with their degree right. in that area. Right, so, right. Um, yeah. You know, I love what you said. Everything that you said is on point. And I think that even to, like, you know, teachers, like you said, for example, they don't want to teach sex education. We don't want to have to go through that. We have to do that with our own kids, but it's like we also have to remember that parents are the child's first teacher, right? Well, we're the ones that teach you how to tie your shoes and and brush your teeth and you know clean your room, like you were saying earlier with you know with Addie. I think the main thing is that we have to learn to be better parents as teachers and look at ourselves as the child's first teacher. And when when people do approach you with those kinds of questions, don't they already really have their minds made up? Oh, I think so. I think that when people, you know, they come to you with this question, 
I, I feel like people all just from my experience, mm-hmm. people have come to argue with me. Right. Because they've already made right. up their mind. They already have their set intention and they want to verify whether I'm on their side or not. Right. Right. And, you know, that also like it kind of hurts because I don't want to be in conflict with anybody. You right. know, exactly. and, you know, I'm just trying to do my job and I'm trying to make my paycheck just like everyone else. Right. Right. You know, all teachers, we're all in the same boat. Teachers, you know, we we don't make a ton of money, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we're doing these this job because we care about children. You know, right. we care about their well-being. We care about kids. You That's know? right. And we want them to have the best that they possibly can have. Right. And to have someone come up to you and like, well, how do you feel about this? And if you tell them how you really feel, you know, you can gauge the situation. You'd be like, okay, should I tell them how I really feel or should I just keep my mouth shut or should I say, you know, it's not, nothing is up to me because it really isn't. Nothing is up to the teachers. We are literally being handed these things, whether we want to do it or not. Right. And And quite often we, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say that's the way it is. Yeah, that's the way it is. And quite often we don't, we, like you said, we don't want to have to do more. We are already doing so much and it's like, let's bring the value back to teachers. You know, and I think one of the main things is if you feel that things are changing so rapidly, have a talk with that teacher, you know, go, go, go volunteer in the classroom, spend some time with the kids, you know, go with a, with an open mind. I think that's the, a prime primary aspect of all the changes that are happening. But, you know, at the end of the day, if it's good for kids, let's do it, right? If it's good for kids, let's do it. We want our children to grow up to be very knowledgeable here in our United States of America. And we want our students to be able to compete with any kids throughout the world, no matter what. Right. Oh, yeah. I 100 percent agree with that. I mean, that that is the ultimate goal is that, you know, it used to be that education was preparing you for maybe perhaps a factory job or maybe perhaps to be a lawyer or a doctor or whatever, or maybe just basic knowledge so that you could get by. You know, that's Uh what teaching really started as. But it has evolved to where we are now training people that could possibly be, um, you know, we want to be able to make sure that they can compete globally. Right. Which is much, much, much different than what it used to be where you were just competing with, you know, Jimmy down the road. Right. Right. And if Jimmy wasn't as smart as you, you were definitely going to get the job. But now <laughs> you're competing with um, so many different people from all around the world. Because let's face it, the work visas are huge here in the United States. We have people from all over the globe working here in the U.S. Uh-huh. And so because of that, we need to make sure that our students can compete with the education that they're receiving at these other different places. You know? Right. And You're it is. Exactly that's, that right. is very important. And I think that that's that that is a driving force of the um, Department of Ed. Um, but I also think with that being said, that we do need to up our game and we need to get national education like straight, you know, yes. because they're they have a national teacher certification they got to get with it and get a national student certification. 
to where, you know, right. if you're competing, if a child in Arizona graduates, you know, um, let's say they, they stay in Arizona for their education, they're graduating from high school. If we take that student and then we compare them to a student who graduated from a New York, um, you know, high school, you know, and yeah. they both mm -hmm. went to public education. Honestly, the school in New York, a lot of the schools there are 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 better. I hate to say that, but it's true. Like yes, you're receiving a higher level of education. I mean, I remember when we moved from Alaska to Arizona and I was in high school and I went to the high school and I was I was a junior and they were like, oh, it looks like you've met all your criteria. Uh, we're going to make you take this class again because it was America, U.S. history and Arizona history. And well, I had <laughs> taken U.S. history and Alaskan history. So okay. apparently they grouped those together and I had to retake the class. Well, the same class that I took as a sophomore, they were doing as juniors. Wow. I took choir wow. for the rest of my time as a high school student. I literally <laughs> was taking choir all day. And I had I'm to so be sorry. because all I had was electives. And I'm like, I, and I, that actually was the first time that I actually thought like, wow, my education in Alaska was actually higher than my education right. in, than the education in Arizona because they're literally uh -huh. doing everything a year behind. And I'm only a junior and I've fulfilled all of my classes. And I've heard other people's stories. Um, like my my husband's father has a very similar story to that, that he went to school in, um, I think it was Indiana uh -huh. um, instead of Kentucky. And so his level of education, when he was put back in school in Kentucky, they graduated him a year early because <laughs> wow. he had already taken everything he needed to take. And wow. that alone should just tell you that there is an issue. Right. Exactly. There's an issue. Right. Well, that's why a lot of teachers come from, um, you know, that part of the country, you know, like the northeastern part of the country. A lot of teachers come uh, from there when they graduate out here to Arizona because those jobs are so coveted. Right. Those mm -hmm. positions are so coveted and their education level is so amazing. And then when those teachers come out here after do, doing student teaching, and then they're like, wow, like what's going on? Like, why is it like this? Why are the kids so different? Right. You've heard right. that before, haven't you? Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. And but, that's just um, another mess altogether. <laughs> I know. That's a whole other thing to get into. Um, so we are actually going to do one um, more of these um, questions. Okay. Is this a family topic or an education topic? Um, this is going to be a family topic. This is great. Well, you know what? Maybe we should. Okay. Yeah, let's go ahead and do it. So. Okay. How to deal with generational trauma. That was one wow. of our questions. Right, um, another right. one of our questions is how do I truly forgive my father after years of abandonment? Um, yeah, those are the two family questions. Now, I really think that we should do a special episode about those two. So yes, let's do. I would. So okay, this is what you have to look forward to, people. We're going to be dropping two podcasts 
So after you listen to this one, if you want to know the answers to those other questions, you can listen to our next one. And we are going to drop it on Thursday. So you will get the first half on Wednesday and second half on Thursday. So um, just because those are two really huge questions, and I feel like we could probably talk about those for another 30 minutes. And I'm sure that everyone would just love to listen to me for a whole hour and you as well. (laughs) Yes, of course. Um, But uh, I I digress. So... (laughs) I hope people can tell the difference between our voices, but maybe not because you sound amazing. Anyway, so I love you being my co-partner. That was well, a thank mom you, moment. Mom. Okay. okay. So um, looking forward to talk to everyone listening to us tomorrow. You can catch our next episode tomorrow. Um, and again, it's going to be on generational trauma and um, abandonment. Those are more family issues. This was more of an education focus. We will see you tomorrow. Please make sure if you haven't already to follow us on Instagram. You can find us at Ask the Teacher ABC podcast. Please give us a like. We have daily tips on there as well um, that yes. we put up, as well as just some fun things. And you can always message us with questions on Instagram to make it super, yes. super easy. So right. um, any other questions that you want us to talk about that you want to hear, Please make sure to do that. It has been such an amazing um, time. Thank you so much, Mom, for being on here with me. I love yes. you. And I love uh, you too. We will and see we love you tomorrow. out there. Yes, right? we love okay. all of our listeners. Thank we you love so our much. Listeners. Thank you. Blessings. Blessings.